This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. So I'm going to talk to you about the woman at the well. So what do we know about the woman at the well? We all know that she's been married five times. We all know that she was living with a man that was not her husband. We all know that she went to the well in the heat of the day wide to avoid other women, right? And why would she do this? How many of us can identify with a woman at the well? Just because she's been married five times, if you haven't been married five times, that's okay because you've sinned more than five times, right? I mean, hello? Okay, yes, just six, right. So, like, don't get specific and know, well, I don't really identify with her because, like, she was divorced. Like, okay, get over yourself because you've sinned too and sin is sin, okay? So God sees sin as sin, right? Right, okay. So, she's at the well in the heat of the day. Why? Because she doesn't want to be around other women. Why? Because she feels like an outcast. Can you identify with feeling like an outcast? Can you identify with feeling less than? Can you identify with feeling unworthy? Can you identify with feeling unseen, unclean, unwanted, damaged? Can you identify with that? Because that's why she's there in the heat of the day by herself. Oh, but Jesus. (laughs) Oh, but Jesus, right? Because when you meet Jesus, when you encounter Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes, but you got to take a hold of that word for yourself and not just let it be in this room and be like, whoa, that was a good word. She preached about Jesus. But do something with it. Be a doer of the word. You have to do something with the word, and it has to be revelation in your life. In your encounter, nobody can talk you out of. Once you have an encounter, a true revelation from the word of God, and you apply that in your life, no devil can stand in your presence. So I want to pick up in John 4. Verses 4, but he needed to go to Samaria. He needed. The Amplified Version says it was necessary. He needed. It was necessary. Jesus will go out of his way because it was not on the way from Galilee over to Samaria. He went the long way. He took the long way around to meet this woman at the well because he knew she was going to be there because he knew she needed a word. He needed to go. He needs you. He finds you worthy enough to go the long way, all the way in Terrell, Texas. I mean, it might not be in the middle of nowhere, but it's out here. We all had to travel to get here, right? So Jesus finds you worthy to come all the way, the long way, to meet you right where you're at. In verse 5, it says, So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Underline that word in your Bible, Sychar. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. And I did Jacob because that's the next word we're going to. But Sychar means lies. Looked it up. It means lies, and it means drunkard. Lies. What lies have you built your life around? What lies have you been, le- been believing all your life? Jesus wants you to identify the lies in your life. He came the long way today here to meet you right where you're at, but he wants you to start identifying those lies in your life. What you've believed, what you've been told, what you've built your life around, what are your lies? Start thinking. Because we're not here just to get a good message or to look at my cute pants, my flowy pants. It's the flowy pant anointing. Pastor Lynette has some, and so does Pastor Paula. You're welcome. So I want you to start thinking about the lies. What lies have you been told, or what lies have you been believing your whole life? Jacob, do you, we all know that Jacob's a deceiver, right? 
Mothers, listen to me. His mother taught him how to be a deceiver. What are you teaching your children? Are you teaching them to lie? Are you teaching them to manipulate? They're going to watch what you do more than they watch what you say. So be a woman of your word. Be a good example of what you want your kids to be. And if you miss it, repent and repent to your kids and let them see you repent. That's huge. It is. Trust me, I've had to call crop failure on some of the seeds I planted in my daughter just from not knowing, from ignorance. But once you get a revelation and once you know, you better use your words properly. Jacob wrestled with God. We all know the story, right? Jacob struggled with God. It's, his, it's a symbolic, what's the word? I don't know. It's symbolic in his struggle with his inner self. How many times have we struggled with our inner self, with God trying to tell us something, but we're wrestling with God trying to tell him, but God, you don't know what I've been through. Uh, hello, are you serious? Like he sees everything he knows, he knows, but we're wrestling with God trying to talk him out of what he's trying to talk us, talk us into, really. So when you struggle with God, what are you wrestling with? On the inside, what has God been talking to you about years that you're not been obedient to, that you're turning your ear away from? You know, you can Walk, you can talk yourself in, well, not talk yourself, but you can walk yourself into deception little by little, ignoring what the Holy Spirit's revealing you to work on, and it puts like a little callus on your heart, and you keep doing that year after year, day after day. You don't know the leading of the Holy Spirit anymore because you're deceived. Deceiving is very deceiving, or deception is very deceiving. And then before you know it, you're so far left that you can't hear the Holy Spirit. And right now, we are not in a time where we don't need to be hearing the Holy Spirit. We have got to be led by the leading of the Holy Spirit, which means our hearts have to be soft and open and receptive to the word, turn to God, right? Our ears open, right? So 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. That word new creation in the Greek paints a picture of a whole new person, a whole new being, a whole new species. We're the only people, the only creatures that get two births, our mama's birth and then a spiritual birth. But you have to renew your mind to the word of God. You have to know what the word says. You have to know who you are. And you're not going to know that if you don't get in the word. Because we live in a world that's infiltrated with social media and lies and everything else. And if you listen to that, if that's all you're feeding on, these are gates. These are gates. Your eyes are gates and your ears are gates. And if you're letting that into your heart, which is a production center, is all it knows how to produce is what you put in it. And if you're only putting lies then you believe lies, and you believe everything that's going on in the world and everything they're telling you that you should be. You have to fight lies with truth, but you have to know what truth is, which means what? I've got to put it in my eyes. I have to put it in my ears. It's why you need to pay attention to what you're listening to and what you're watching. It does matter. If you're listening to filth all the time, that's what's going to come on, come out when pressure comes on. And just cute little example. Every time we're driving and Trey's asleep and I'm driving and I hit the road boobies, you know, he doesn't hit the road boobies, the road boobies, not driving with my top off, road boobies. He comes up out of his sleep, commanding angels to take charge over us. And it's like, ah, stop. Like I'm fine. Like it startles me because, but it's not a cuss word. And the point of me telling that story is he's not it's like, angels, you take charge over us. I'll plead the blood. That's what, he, that's what comes out of him when pressure comes on or he's woken up like because I hit road boobies, not cuss words. Just saying. 
So I want to move on to uh, John 4, verses 7 through 15. The woman is arguing with Jesus. How many times do we argue with God? How many times do we argue with Jesus? How many times are we trying to tell God when he's trying to tell us? In verse 14, it says, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up. Underline that word. Springing up into everlasting love. Really quickly, everlasting life. Really quickly, three wells. There's three kinds of wells. There's a cistern, which is a man-made well that holds water in the ground. There is a well, which we all probably have a lot of wells at our house. Well water, you dig into the well that's underneath the ground, and you have well water, right? And then there is a spring. This is a, a source of fresh water. I have a pond in the back of our house, and it is fed by a fresh spring. It will never dry up. It is always bubbling, always fresh water. The reason I say the word springing up, because it is the same Greek word for the word leaping in Acts 3, verses 8. But I want to start in verse 2, and I want you to hear me when I'm saying this, okay? A lame man. What is a lame man? A man that can't walk, right? A lame man is lying at the gate called beautiful, and I'm only picking out certain words. Verse 3, seeing Peter and John, seeing people of God, right? Seeing. Verse 4, fixed his eyes. Where are your eyes fixed? What are you focusing on? Fixed his eyes. Verse 5, he gave them his attention. He did what? He gave them his attention. Proverbs 4.20 tells us to pay attention to the word of God. Johnson paraphrase and everything I've been through, what you give your attention to will draw the desires of your heart. Proverbs 4.20, Johnson paraphrase. Again, I know I'm saying this twice. Be addicted to my word. Be addicted to my word. Like in Colorado, 420. I don't know, not just Colorado, but anywhere. <laughs> 420 is like the international smoke time, right? Well, I told the devil, I don't like that. So we are going to rename that and remake it. And it means be addicted to God's word. Something that's actually going to produce some good fruit in your life. So what are you paying attention to? Where are your eyes? Verse 6, I give you in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name right? Everything will bow to the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And they tell him, in the name of Jesus, rise up, walk. And he took strength in his legs. Verse 8, so he leaping up, leaping up, same word for springing up. In the Greek, that word, halamohi. Anyways, go with me. It means to gush, to leap. It's a vigorous springing up, a vigorous springing up. When you are attached to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, if you're a born-again child of God, you have a spring of living water on the inside of you, life on the inside of you that's vigorous. You know, like we took the kids to Yellowstone, and there's those springs, those gushers. They're not springs, they're gushers. And they're like, blow your skirt up. They probably would knock you over. Because they're really, and they go really high, and they're just like very forceful. That same force, that same life is on the inside of you. But are we tapped into it? Are you aware of it? Are you tapped into the life? That's springing up, springing up vigorously on the inside of you. Are you tapped into the life? Leaping, not limping. Leaping up. Leaping. Say it. Leaping. Leaping. Not limping. Limping. No, leaping. If you're tapped in to the spring on the inside of you, you should have joy. You should have light. There should be something different about you. You should be talking different, acting different, walking different, looking different, and people should be, man, what's going on there? 
And you, you don't have to necessarily draw them towards you, but they're drawn towards you because of the Spirit of God on the inside of you, and you get to point them to Jesus. But you have to be tapped in. You have to be tapped in. When you have an encounter with God, you will walk differently. Just like Jacob wrestled with God, God changed his name to Israel, and he gave him a new identity and a new game and a new name. Let God, well, don't wrestle with God, but if you want to, congratulations, but he's going to win. But you have to surrender. Well, he's, he's going to give you a free will, and I just command you to surrender in the name of Jesus. And receive your new name and walk in your calling that God's created you to, to walk in. You might not be called to this platform, but you are called to a sphere of influence, whether it's in your church, your community, your home. Come on, who are we raising? Look at the kids that just were like spitting them. Ple- they need their butts whipped. Are you serious? That is not okay, but we raised them. So it starts with us. It starts in the home and grandmothers. I'm here because I had a praying grandmother. I'm here because my mother prayed. They never gave up. Now, grandmothers, stay in your lane and don't try to override the mother. Like, I'm trying to do that with my mom. Mom, stay in your lane. (laughs) I love you, but she's my daughter. However, grandmas come alongside your daughter and help them raise their kids the way they're supposed to be raised. In the word of God, honoring and respecting authority, and it will go well with them, right? Right. So, say it with me. When I have an encounter with God, I will walk differently. Amen. So, amen. Yep. Okay, so in verses 16 through 19, Jesus is reading her mail saying, okay, I see that you have a husband. Oh, you're not living with him, right? Verses 19, she's like, okay, eek, I see that you're a prophet. So let's have a subject thing. Let's not talk about my past. Let's talk about worship. Worship is huge. In verse 20, she wants to talk about worship. Worship changes everything. Warriors are worshipers. Warriors are worshipers. Say it with me. Warriors are worshipers. Worship and praise go together. Praise invites God in. Worship is almost like a position of your heart. It's how you live your life. Fully submitted, fully surrendered to God. And it will change the world around you. But you have to be what? Tapped into the spring on the inside of you, letting it vigorously change who you are so you can change the world around you, right? Right. Okay. Here we go, verses 28. The woman left her water pot. So she goes to the well with a water pot to get water because she's thirsty, right, naturally, but she didn't realize how spiritually thirsty she really was. Do y'all realize that y'all are spiritually thirsty? You were created to thirst for the presence of God. And if you're dry in your life, it's because you're not in the presence of God enough. How about we put down our phones? Not right now, I know that you're typing notes. That's not what I meant. (laughs) How many times, how much time do we spend on Facebook, TikTok, uh, all the social media sites, shopping, instead of giving our attention to God? If you really want to change who you are, you will spend more time in the presence of God, more time seeking after him, more time figuring out who you are and what's yours, instead of letting the devil talk you out of what's yours. The reason our country is in the way it is, I mean, it's a spiritual warfare. If you don't understand the spirit of Jezebel, look at the White House. But the good news is, us as Christians, I mean, I feel like we've laid down our shields too long, and now we're kind of trying to fight from behind instead of the forward position. However, she loses. But, you know, all this stuff has to happen. We've all read the back of our book. We know what it says. All has to happen. However, we still will make it through. 
we still are called to rule and reign in life through one man, right? Jesus Christ. But we have to be what? Tapped into the Holy Spirit on the inside of us so we can what? Hear, right? And act differently and become differently. Raise our kids differently. It's okay to be different. I can walk into a room full of people and I always, I, normally I always feel different. I always feel like I don't fit. I thought it was from the divorce, my parents' divorce. I thought it was from the drugs, prison. It's because I am different. Different from birth. That's why I've always felt different. It's because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of me. And certain things, the more I renew my mind to the Word of God, the more I become, the more certain things aren't okay with me. I live a very separated life, a very separated life. But I went from one extreme to the other, but I had to. But when God talks to you about laying down certain things, be obedient to it. If he's, laying, if he's talking to you about not drinking anymore, don't drink. If he's talking to you about not smoking anymore, don't smoke. If he's talking to you about not dipping or whatever it is, don't do it. Pornography, did you know that pornography is a thing? Like when I got married to Trey and we were counseling, I was like, pornography is really a thing? Like people really do that? He's like, oh, yeah. And then we were at my first women's conference thing, and we were talking to Trey. He's like, whoever that is, the spirit of pornography. I was like, oh. He said that from the stage. And there were girls that were actually dealing with pornography. He's like, oh, my gosh, who knew? So if that's you, God can set you free. God can set you free. He really can. And so it's not like a bad thing. I mean, it's a bad thing, but it's not like it's just a you thing. I mean, it's like a, did you know kids are watching? Like kids, like little kids are watching pornography. Are you serious? Pay attention to what your kids are looking at on their phone. Pay attention to what your kids are looking at on their phone. I had no idea. No idea. I guess I'm just living my cute little bubble, but whatever. Okay, so. God can change everything. A word from God can change everything in your life. Jesus was the word, right? So the woman left her water pot. She ran to town to tell the people about a man that told her everything she ever did. She received a word from God. And it changed who she was from the inside out. No longer was she ashamed to be in front of all these people who'd ridiculed her, but she ran to tell them about a man who changed her from the inside out, who filled her to overflowing from the inside because he sat down, he valued her, he talked to her eye to eye, he loved on her. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through, God loves you enough to spend time with you, to speak worth into you so you can receive from him. He loves you, he washes you no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through. God's not going to leave you there. He wants to bring you in, invite you in to relationship with him. He wants to clean you up. He's the only one that can truly clean you up. You could dress this up all you want, but if on the inside you're not cleansed from the inside out, it will never matter. It will never change, and you will never change, and you will never be who you're called and created to be. You have to let God recreate that mess on the inside into a message. Your mess, his message. I've heard that, and that is so true. You have to give it to him, but you have to identify what it is. You have to be able to put a label on it to see it for what it is. Because sometimes we just want to pretend that that's, that didn't happen to me. I don't want to talk about that. Let's not shine light on that. Or, oh my gosh, can you believe that she did that? All the while, what have you done? That you want to keep in the closet. That you want to keep dark on. That you don't want to tell anybody. There is no shame standing in the presence of our Father. No shame. Jesus hung on the cross and took our shame. No shame. I will never let anybody try to shame me for all the mess I've ever done will not do it because I had an encounter with God and he recreated me. He rearranged everything in my life. 
My life is completely different. But he didn't do it just for me because he can do it for y'all too. He can meet you right where you're at, clean you up, rearrange your mess, rename you, give you a new identity, and set you on the path for his glory. And all the people you're called and created to reach, all for his glory. Because when you stand before God on judgment day, you will be held accountable for everything you were called to do and everything you didn't do. Because you, what, are scared? Because you were ashamed? Because you felt guilty? Because you felt unworthy? Don't buy into feelings of lies. Those are lies straight from the pit of hell. Say them. Lies straight from the pit of hell. And they're meant to bound you up and keep you from being the woman of God that you're created to be. You have to break the lies. But what are the lies? Do you know what your lies are? Have you identified what your lies are? Do you know? I mean, we're all sitting here shaking our heads, but do we really know what our lies are? Have we really identified what lies we've been been believing, maybe from childhood? Like you said, fear of abandonment from three years old. I've had fear of abandonment. My father left too when I was eight. My parents got divorced. Or is it the drugs that make you feel unclean and unworthy? Or is it all the fornication or all the adultery? God loves you in spite of that. And you know what? He forgives you. You repent. Okay, so repent. Repentance means admitting to God, I've messed up, but not just with my mouth, but with my heart, and turning away from that behavior and walking away from it and living a different life. Not just with my mouth, because at some point in time, if you've just talked a whole bunch of stuff, eh, actions speak louder than words. You have to live it out. There has to be fruit on your tree. And you have to get new fruit by what? Getting a new root. How do you get a new root? You plant the word of God in your heart. You uproot whatever needs to be uprooted, and you plant in truth. And you continually water that truth with the word of God. That you're kind, and you're loving, and you're respectful, and you're honorable, and you're chosen, and you're redeemed, and you are forgiven, and you are delivered, and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. These are things that you can speak over yourself to uproot the lies of unworthiness and uncleanness and all the lies that the devil tries to feed you. And you pull them down and you put them back up, the right words, with truth. You know that picture you were talking about pulling down the strongholds? Well, in the Greek, it paints a picture of like a Roman soldier with one of those little jabber things, grabbing that and bringing it down into captivity. Grabbing, I mean, like with a vigorous, a vigorous grabbing, the wrong thought, pulling it down, but you have to replace that thought with what God's word says about you. What, what, what is my time? Okay, great. Recognize that you are thirsty. We've been trying to fill naturally what God can only fill spiritually, right? Psalms 42, 2 says, my soul thirst for God, for the living God. Psalm 61, 3, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. When are you supposed to seek God? Early. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. So get up and seek God, even if it's just five minutes. That will grow your desire. Spring stoppers, really quick. What stops our springs? What wells? Our wells, they get filled with dirt, right? How do we stop our springs and what what are we going to consider dirt that's poured into our wells that blocks the flow of our water? 
deception, unwillingness to change, unforgiveness, fear, bitterness, it will stop the flow of the Spirit in your life. In Galatians 5.19, these are things that are going to stop the Holy Spirit from flowing, things that you can do to quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 tells us not to quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Again, we are in a time and a place where we do not need to be quenching the Holy Spirit. So what quenches the Holy Spirit? Sin, right? Galatians 5.19 tells us works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, too sexy, too, too sexy, two sex things right back to back. Adultery and fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, but I want to read it in the CEV version. It says, people's desires make them given to immoral ways, filthy thoughts, and shameful deeds. They worship idols, practice witchcraft, hate others, and are hard to get along with. People become jealous, angry, and selfish. They don't only argue and cause trouble, but they are envious. They get drunk, carry on at wild parties, and do other evil things as well. I told you before, and I'm telling you again. No one who does these things will share in the blessing of the kingdom of God. Do you hear? That is the word of God. That is not Heather Johnson paraphrase. That is God's word. If you have any of this in your life, Holy Spirit is asking you to stop it, to get a hold of it. We are in a time and place in our nation, well, in time span, period, in the Bible. Jesus is coming back. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you walking in all that God's called you to walk in? Are you letting the Holy Spirit flow in you freely, vigorously, so much so that you're a difference maker wherever you go, a difference maker in a good way for the kingdom? Not a, like a warning signal, like, eh. Ladies, you got to get a hold of your mouth. You got to get a hold of your actions. You got to get a hold of your life. You cannot be spewing cuss words out one side of your mouth and then blessing God in the other. And other people see you do that and it causes confusion in them and it pushes them away from God instead of drawing them in to the presence of God. You have got to get a hold of your behavior. And it's very important that God, this is, God has used this in my life so much that my behavior does not determine my identity when I'm acting bad, but my identity should always determine my behavior. And that is a process. That is a process of mind renewal because I have, what I come out of, I've been very rough. I've been very harsh. Sometimes I'd rather just take your head off than deal with you. I mean, it's true, but God's given me a, a soft heart. I've done a lot of fasting, a lot of praying, but you can overcome all of these things. In Galatians 19 through 5, 19 through 23, that he tells us not to do, but that we want to do. We want to come to church on Sunday, but we also want to go directly to the bar on Friday, jump right on into the pit. We plan to sin. Stop planning to sin. Plan to get free. How about that? Why don't we plan to get free? Why don't we plan to be delivered? Why don't we plan to walk in everything God's called and created us to do? But it's going to take, it's going to take some, some tenacity, some fierceness, some boldness. You're going to have to tap in and it's going to be okay that you're different than everybody else. It's okay. It's okay that you don't fit in when you walk into a room. It's okay that you're different because you're different for the glory of God. You will stand before God. You will be held accountable for everything that you've done. 
Man, that puts like just a fear of the Lord on the inside of me. Lord, forgive me for where I've missed it. And Lord, help me step into it. Help me be all that you've called and created me to be.